When Shaco Did Not Lie by Yuji Foster One night, Shaco the fox saw a wondrous thing as he was out stalking rabbits. A maiden with hair like fire and eyes like the sun sat beside the riverbank, singing. Her voice was sweet as the scent of plum blossoms, but her song was thick with sadness that made Shaco's proud tail droop and his whiskers quiver. Shaco crept closer, his paws silent on the thick green grass. Sly one, Kitsune, the maiden sang, stalker of fur-warm burrows. Shaco, night runner, where wilt thou be tomorrow? I shall be in my den asleep, Shaco yipped. The maiden's amber eyes glowed in the moonlight. A single tear glistened and rained down her moon-white face. Don't cry, lovely one. Shako barked, alarmed. The maiden lifted the sleeve of her jasmine-yellow kimono and dabbed at her eyes. Why should I not cry? she asked. My champion says he will sleep as Master Sun opens his house to the heavens, and when his windows close at dusk, I will surely die. Shako bowed his head, shamed at his thoughtless words. Oh, beautiful one, I am a craven fox indeed. I beg your forgiveness. Allow me to serve you. The maiden folded her hands in her lap, then hearkened to my tale. While I was on an errand for my lord, the god Inari, King Haitei and his hunters came across my soul globe in Inari's temple. Thinking it to be a great pearl, King Haitei stole it and had it mounted in his throne room upon a dais of filigree gold. When King Haitei discovers that he has caught my spirit, he will compel me to betray my lord, for the king hates fox kind, and I will fade like mist before the wind if I am so disgraced. O oh, celestial one, Shako said, for he realized that the maiden was one of the fox god's sacred messengers. I will sooner die than let you suffer that fate. And so you may die, for King Haite has told his hunters to slay any fox they see. Then I shall take care they do not see me. And you may not tell a lie to retrieve the soul globe that contains my spirit, she continued. For I am Bayako the White, and to do so would dishonor me. Whoa! Shaco barked in dismay, for he had counted on his cunning and trickery. Even so, I will recover your spirit, I swear. The maiden lifted her head as the first edge of dawn spread like a red silk scarf across the night sky. I must go, she whispered. Do not forget your promise. Shako lowered his nose until it touched the ground. On my fox word. When he raised his eyes, Bayako was gone. King Haite's kingdom was shunned by all the four-legged clan because of the poison barbs the king and his hunters flung like wild autumn leaves. But Shako knew where the kingdom was. He did not set off immediately, though. First, he went to the fallen tree where Kiji the pheasant had built her nest. Oh, Auntie Kiji, Shako called. Go away, cunning one, Kiji's voice shrilled out. I will not leave my eggs so you may break them again with your sharp teeth. Auntie Kiji, I give you my fox word that I will not harm your eggs. Your fox word, Kiji's head peeped out from her sanctuary. What do you want? I have need of feathers, Auntie Kiji. Will you give me four from your beautiful tail? Kiji laughed, but she was flattered. Why should I help you, son of tricks? If you do, I promise never to disturb you or your eggs for as long as I live. 
You would promise that? On my fox word. Kiji waddled out, her long train sweeping behind her. Very well. She plucked out four brown and gold feathers, each softer than twilight's kiss and broader than a palm leaf, and let them fall. Thank you, Auntie Kiji. Shako took the feathers in his mouth and ran off in search of Kuma the bear. Kuma was asleep in his dark cave when Shako came by. Cousin Kuma, Shako called. It is I, Shako. Go away, Kuma said. I do not have time for your pranks. Please, cousin, I have a bargain for you. Kuma came lumbering to the mouth of his cave. What is it? I need some honey, and I know you are wise to where the Haichi bees hide their treasure. True, I know where this honey is, but my nose is still sore with stings from when I plundered the Haichi's treasure for you last. How if I were to fetch a honeycomb and give you three corners of it? Three corners? On my fox word. But you must tell me where to find it. Very well. Go to the third elm tree next to the marble boulder, and I will wait here for you to return. So Shako loped off. And exactly where Kuma had said, the Hachi had built a vast fortress, thick with honey. Shako would have liked to trick the Hachi to get their treasure, but he would not dishonor Bayako. So he climbed the tree and knocked the fortress down instead. As soon as his paws touched their home, furious Hachi warriors came streaming out and stung Shako mercilessly on his muzzle. Shako yipped and whined. His nose swelled up to twice and then three times its normal size, but the pain did not stop him from picking up the biggest honeycomb and sprinting away as fast as his four paws could take him. Shako cried through his burning nose all the way back. For an eye blink, he was tempted to keep the honeycomb for himself. The sweetness on his tongue would surely soothe the fire of his nose, but that would dishonor Bayako. So, Shako snapped a corner off the honeycomb for himself and offered the rest of it to Kuma. While Kuma feasted, Shako dripped the sticky honey onto his fur and rolled this way and that on the ground. Forest debris, leaves and dust and twigs clung to his honey-matted coat. He pressed his wonderful tail down to his back so it no longer streamed behind him, and he flattened his ears to his cheeks so they no longer stood pricked forward on top of his head. When he was finished, the only fox aspect that remained of Shako was the gleaming whiteness of his teeth. With the last golden droplets of honey, Shako pasted Kiji's feathers into an elegant fan. Then it was time to pay King Haite a visit. As he drew close to King Haite's kingdom, Shako rose on his hind legs, swaying as he had seen one of King Haite's hunters do after drinking from a flask of fermented rice. His back and legs ached from the unnatural posture, the pain like a serpent's embrace. I have seen a vision! I must see the king! he called. One of King Haite's huntsmen heard him and drew near, killing bow in hand. Who are you, stranger? As Shako had hoped, in his garb of twigs and dirt, with his nose swollen to three times its normal size, his ears and tail flat, and standing upon his hind legs, the huntsman did not recognize him. Shako held the feather fan over his mouth so the huntsman would not see his teeth. I saw a holy vision! Take me to the king! The hunter believed that Shako was a hermit monk, for they were often peculiar in appearance, living as they did alone and in the wilderness. 
he led Shaco to King Haite's palace. When they entered King Haite's throne room, Shaco saw Bayako's soul globe, as large as his two front paws pressed together and smoother than fire opals polished by the river. Oh, King Haite, Shaco said, you must give back what you have stolen, or a sharp-toothed avenger will come to take it. King Haite scowled. I am king. I fear no one. O oh, King Haite, Shako said, you must return the soul globe to the temple of Inari or a fox will bring your house down. It is a pearl, the king said, but an ember of wickedness kindled in his eyes, belying his words. For the final time, O oh, King Haite, you must return the fox ball or you will pay for it in blood. Execute that lying monk, King Haite commanded. Liar, I, said Shako. No, indeed, as he flung down the fan made of Kiji's feathers and leaped onto the king's throne. In a flash, he bit off the king's right thumb. The king's huntsmen loosed their poison arrows as the king roared in pain, but Shako was swifter. He sprang high into the air, dodging shafts tipped with sinister green. He knocked over the gold filigree pedestal and caught the soul globe gently in his mouth. In his haste, his tail came unstuck from his back, and his ears sprang up. A fox! King Haite cried. Kill it! Shako dashed around the room, knocking over priceless vases and tearing silk tapestries. The air vibrated with speeding darts. One struck Shako's newly freed tail, and the thick fur began to smolder from the poison. Hurling himself through a rice-paper wall, Shako touched his burning tail to it. The shredded wall flamed alive as he scampered away. As soon as the sounds of alarm faded behind him, Shako gently set the soul globe on the grass. Eyes tearing and throat laden with whines of agony, Shako chewed off his own tail. He knew that if he didn't, the poison would spread throughout his body and he would surely die. No sooner had he bitten through it than his beautiful, proud tail burst into flame and burned to ash. Shako sobbed. His back still ached from having to walk on his hind legs, his nose throbbed from the stings of the Haichi warriors, and his once fine tail lay as dust. Do not cry, a soft voice said. Your tears are stones upon my heart. Shako looked up. Before him, a pearl-white vixen with luminous eyes regarded him. Nine magnificent tails, like bright clouds, waved and curled around her legs. He bowed as best he could. Brave Shako, Bayako said, for indeed it was none other than she, free to assume her natural form. You have been sorely tested, for it is harsh indeed to set a fox on a task where he may not lie. But you have done well. Her fire-red tongue brushed his face, and the pain in his nose faded, and the swelling disappeared. She blew her perfumed breath over him, and the agony in his legs vanished, as though it had never existed. But now Shako was bashful. He sat on his rump to hide the disfigurement of his lost tail. It was an honor, exquisite one. Bayako turned her face away courteously, although her tongue lolled in a foxy smile. Will you not stand to receive my blessing? Please forgive me, magnificent one, but I would prefer to sit. Bayako winked a tawny eye. As you like, 
She clapped her paws together, and when she brought them apart, a ball of foxfire hovered, shimmering in the air between them. For your valor, I give you a special gift. And she flicked the foxfire into Shaco's face. It settled around his head, and he inhaled it like rare incense. His whole body seemed to tingle. Prickles like fiery fingers ran in runnels up and down his back. He barked, whined, and finally, with a great explosion that propelled him to his paws, sneezed. To his astonishment and delight, he felt, curling above his back, a tail. Glancing over his shoulder, he saw not one bristling tail, proud and whole, but two. Bayako had given him a great gift indeed. A fox might live for one hundred years and only have one tail. To be blessed with a second was unheard of. Bayako laughed high and sharp before springing into the air, her paws pointing to Inari's temple. Be a clever fox, she called back. Bring honor upon Inari and all fox kind. And Shako Two Tails did. He became known as a grand cunning fox, a princely trickster and a hero of his people. And few believed that he had earned his second tale, not from his bold adventures and bravery, but rather in a single night when he did not lie. The End This has been a Podcastle Miniature. When Shaco Did Not Lie was written by Yuji Foster, who lives in Metro Atlanta with her husband Matthew and her pet skunk Hopkin. Her publication credits number over 100, and her fiction has appeared in Realms of Fantasy, Orson Scott Card's Intergalactic Medicine Show, Cricket, and Jim Bain's Universe, as well as in Podcastle's sister podcasts, Escape Pod and Pseudopod. Her short story collection, Returning My Sister's Face and Other Eastern Tales of Whimsy and Malice, is out from Noralina Books. The story was narrated for you by Melissa Bouguet, who has been a teacher for nearly 10 years and is a master's in special education. She is a proud wife and mom of two tenacious children. Melissa hosts the children's podcast Nightlight Stories, featuring original stories written by Melissa and her husband Chris. The Compendium blog has vocabulary words from each story along with supplemental materials based on the theme of the story. Subscribe for free on iTunes or listen to the stories at www.nightlightstories.blogspot.com.